0: Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground, where we dive into the world of cybersecurity and hear firsthand from those that are deep in the fight to protect your data and peace of mind. Think your network is secure? Let's check out how secure you really are with this week's chat protecting and educating family and friends. Today, it's an intimate chat with Paul Fredrickson, cybersecurity consultant, and we also welcome friend and chief technologist at Hewlett Packard Enterprise, Karen Rhodes, to break down how we can help less savvy friends and family navigate the pitfalls of malicious cybersecurity tactics. I'm your host and moderator, Sia Yasatornrat. Before we get started, I've got to give a shout out to our sponsor, AirGap, the best defense against ransomware. With the Zero Trust Isolation platform, AirGap confines ransomware to a single device. Put an end to threat propagation and protect your infrastructure in minutes, not months. And now, let's enter the battleground. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to the Ransomware Battleground. I am joined today with Paul, 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 Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi, you. (laughs) And today's special (laughs) guest, I've asked my dear friend Karen Rhodes with Hewlett-Packard Enterprise, Chief Technologist for some awesome accounts. Welcome, Karen.
1: Thank you, Sia. Always glad to be with you.
0: I know everyone's laughing. Okay, for those that don't know, apparently it takes me like 15 tries to get a podcast started on recording. So maybe someday we'll do outtakes, but not today. So. Reason why we're kicking outtakes. there will be, there (laughs) shall not be any outtakes. So we're feeling a little giddy today and it's because largely uh, with so many ransomware attacks and we talked about ransomware being mainstream with John Oliver talking about it. What really prompted me to bring Karen on was because we had a lively discussion on another podcast. The mic is listening. If she should feel like you should listen to that one, but it's about how do we educate and how do we talk to our family about the real threats of ransomware and cybersecurity in general. So I'm calling this Ransomware 101 with a fam-bam. So how should we kick this off, guys? Do you guys, and and speak up either one, either Karen or Paul, how on a scale of one to 10 would you rate your family knowledge on understanding cybersecurity? 10 being their cybersecurity expert and one being, oh yeah,
1: let's just pretend they don't have an IP address for anything. I would say most of my family is pretty high on that scale.
2: i will say my family that. pretty well.
1: Well,
0: you got to give me a number, people.
2: I'll give you a an eight. Number? I'll say seven because my dad's a little old. He's, he, he used to know computers, but it's fading, it's okay. fading a little bit. <laughs>
0: All right, so so okay, so maybe you guys were not the right demographic to ask because I understand both your families are in technology or extraordinarily um, educated around this because of you guys. So let's make a guess: family and friends,
2: family let's, and let's friends, say
0: family and friends, right. or how about this? Look at your Facebook wall, or you're not on social media, Paul, but...
2: What's Facebook?
0: Exactly. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. I'm talking to security people. No one does
1: the Zuckerberg <laughs> thing.
0: Okay. So, let's go ahead and talk about That's not a security thing.
2: That's not a security well, we thing. We can talk That's about... A, a money thing. But yeah.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, we could talk about what our family does, right? Well, I mean, there are things that, that my family does to secure our privacy and prevent ransomware and all that other fun stuff that we just consider normal, right? It's just like locking the front door or, you know, having an alarm system in the house or a fire extinguisher or, you know, things like that. Doing backups, right? Having all of your digital stuff on some type of a USB drive that, you know, you've got somewhere else sitting in a drawer or in a fireproof safe or something like that. That's just normal, um, for my family. That's something that, that we do normally. Uh, And this just goes back, you know, decades of any type of information that you have, put it in a format that you're not sticking it online. You know, have a computer that is only going to be for doing bills or something like that if you decide that you want to do any type of electronic banking. Don't use the same computer to use Facebook or, you know, things like that or do some social media to figure out what
2: kind of potato. I, you I are. don't think Stia wants to be in your family anymore after that. I know. <laughs> I know
0: I, I'm like, uh-oh, rut row. Uh, you rot-row. have different
1: devices, one device, you know, that you're like, okay, this, is, this one's going to be fine for me to, you know, play Angry Birds or whatever it happens to be, or, you know, install a million different apps. And I know that that one is probably going to be infected. And then there's going to be another system that I'm going to use for my more secure type. I mean, interactions. I get and that. again, that's
2: not normal, right? That's not normal. You, re- I mean, you realize that's I, extraordinary. I understand
1: that that's not normal, <laughs> but that's something that. Um, you suggest to your fan band. But- I suggest, right. yeah, because but- whenever you're doing things like, say, I, I bring up a web browser and my web browser is up and I'm searching for, I don't know, goldfish food or something, you know, I don't know, some randomness. And effort. I'm like, oh, I got to pay a, a bank account. And I need to pay a bill, so you open a new tab to your bank, and you start paying your your bills. Well, cross site scripting basically allows you to go between those two tabs, and somebody on that mm-hmm. fish feeding website can go and inject something into your bank account website because you're you're just on two different tabs in a web browser. It's cashing into your same system. It's really easy to hack between those two screens. So whenever I bring up a web browser and it's somebody who has 20 different tabs up and they're like, oh, well, let me go ahead and just open a new tab and go to my bank. I'm like, ah, don't do that. Um, just just don't. <laughs> um, Guilty. Update, yeah, update your browser, you know, do the, do the basic type stuff. But, you know, isolating when you do your banking, okay, I'm going to do my banking. Everything's fine. Don't save passwords. Don't. Uh, don't do any type of, of key repository where it's it's saving that password into a, a, an app or something, the people that are writing the apps that are saving the passwords aren't necessarily all trustworthy. And if you're going out and downloading, hey, this is a free password-saving app from, you know, whatever, uh, you know, download website that's out there and you're going, Oh, this is a great place to save my password. Uh, it's, you know, Bobby incorporated. Who's Bobby incorporated. I don't know but his name is. Bobby. He must be trustworthy. That's, that's not how that works, right? You're literally putting all of your passwords into an app that you downloaded for free. Come on. That, don't do See,
2: it. You write some on post-it notes around your monitor.
1: I write it on paper with a pen. Yeah. And It's the passwords are evil. And like, even if you had the piece of paper that had the passwords on it, you wouldn't be able to type it in because it's kind of, do you encode it
0: too like are you like so okay look i mean you're kind of special karen let's be honest it's it's one of the reasons why i adore you so much uh uh, for our friendship but i mean okay so let's look at a real world situation where Mm -hmm. and and we said it in jest and i probably should have uh, asked you to look at it before but i don't know if you saw the john oliver skit segment on uh, ransomware he just did a release this week on uh what last week tonight and he was talking about ransomware and this grandma who happened to be russian um lost, what, $400 because these people ransomware her. Mm -hmm. Her
2: grandchildren, her grandchildren's pictures. The
0: grandchildren's pictures, and she had some choice comments and whatnot for it. But, I mean, but one of the things that, you know, Paul, you commented on, which is I'm still kind of reeling and thinking about, is the fact that they're treating Mm -hmm. this like such a business. They've actually got proper documentation. Like, Mm -hmm. how hard, I mean, again, think the stereotypical, because your family's not stereotypical, but they were able to step-by-step step lead this woman to
2: pay them pay. in Bitcoin.
0: In Bitcoin.
2: They, they, they taught they an taught 80- or 90-year-old grandma how to transact in Bitcoin on the Internet. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. Considering that the, the theme of this podcast is we can't even get, you know, like, it's wonderful your family, Karen, is doing all that. I, I kind of gave up on that because I tried to convince people to do things that way. And the best I've been able to get people to do is to buy a Chromebook for when they have problems with the Chromebook. Because then they can, you know, the the OS is, you know, compared to Windows, Mm -hmm. uh, leaps and bounds better, you know. So it's not perfect, but it's way better than, you know, running. I I still know some people who run, you know, much older versions of Windows software, let's say. yes, And because they like the interface and they don't want to learn anything new.
1: Well, whenever my father was still alive, his computer was pretty much just viruses, and I knew mm-hmm. it. So we basically built him uh, formatting and, and you know reloading disks, so that every few months it was okay. You know, blow away your system and put in the mm-hmm. disk that we gave you, and if you have any backups, anything that you really want, go ahead and back them up to. And we had a pool of USB sticks that we just would give him, and every time that he blew his computer, he would put in a new USB stick, back up whatever content that he had, and then put in the CD and and basically format and reinstall the system whenever it started acting buggy. And I'm like, that, that was the only way we could mitigate um, mm-hmm. that risk Is is that. But, you know, we knew that his computer was literally just swarming with viruses. So what, if, like, what just, if the
0: content that he wants to secure and save is already infected? Mm-hmm. And so you're just putting on a USB and you're just reinfecting yeah, it over and over again.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So it was, you know, you mark what, what data is on that USB stick, you stick it in a little envelope and then that data basically sits in a drawer. And now that he's passed away, I have a basket full of USB sticks that are probably all infected. I'm never going to plug them into anything. And, uh, you know, a lot of the content he never went back to because, I mean, how many times do you go and take pictures? He was, you know, selling hardware and stuff, you know, um, online, so tools and things like that. So a million pictures of, you know, a power saw and things like that. You're not going to go back and look at that later, but he really wanted to have the picture of the power saw. Cool. to USB and stick it over to the side, and if you really want it later, go back and get it. But if you don't, don't put that back in because yeah, it's, it is infected.
0: Well, so these are, that's like a, like a, like a one-off kind of scenario type thing. But like, so we're talking about, we've talked about this in the past, right? Which is ransomware as a service where now you've got these idiots <laughs> that like, well, you know, hey, I'll just put some money towards you. You've already coded for everything. I just want to leverage you as a service, which is mind boggling, right? Like, cause now you don't mm-hmm. even have to be a hacker or know anything about coding or anything to, to no. ransom someone. So knowing that. Oh, did,
2: you, did, did you hear about the new one?
0: Oh no! Which new one?
2: They they just came, They just shut down a service that would actually check. It was a service for the the bad guys on the internet to check the provenance of their Bitcoin. So that you know, because the 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 last one that got hacked through. So you know, if it has questionable Bitcoin on there, they would. I don't know if they would offer a service for, it, but they would basically you know so they could put it through, you know, their stolen Bitcoin if it was marked as hazardous then you can't change it into fiat currency so they had a service so you could check your coins before running them through coinbase or something like that um, wow. but then the service they were checking it against found out and then everybody's getting reported to everybody now so yeah cool but yeah it's a service economy see it it is all kinds <laughs>
0: but, okay, i mean but again like i said is like the majority of the population is not and will not and do not care but yet they're going Oh no no yeah days. no And they
2: they it, all do they do everything on their phone. That's that's the way the world is right now. Everybody does everything on their phone. Does hasn't been updated. That's, you know, a 5 10-year-old iPhone running whatever whatever. And they have no problem handing it
1: to their kid and their kid clicks on everything in the world and downloads whatever Oh, they share passwords and- too
2: they share yeah. passwords with their kids. It's like, you just gave all, you know, that unlocks everything in the phone. Yeah. 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 But they, they only play games. Are you sure about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And whenever that Fiar- uh, you know, Ferrari ends up showing up in your driveway because your kid ordered it online and you know, they ordered I thought it was one.
2: popsicles or something. Wasn't it? Wasn't there that story with the kid who took the mom's phone and like went somewhere and like ordered all the candy and popsicles he wanted. And then like literally a truck showed up.
1: There's been, there's been actually uh <laughs> sports cars that have been, delivered to people's houses, well, um, and look. I'm guilty of it as well, though, because I handed my son the PS4 you like remote faris? one day, you like and, and Well, yeah, I like Ferraris, but um, but uh, or Jaguars. I'm the, sorry, Jaguars. Actually, I like Maseratis. Anyway, but yeah, uh, we don't um, talk about Maserati. I looked at them, but anyway, yeah, anyway, but yeah, I handed my, my son the PS4 remote one day, and the next thing I know, I was eighty dollars in the hole because he had signed up for like services and all. So I'm going, huh? Okay. That needs a password, right? Um, When it comes to talking to your family about stuff like this, it's, yeah, you can tell them all day long until you're blue in the face. Don't share passwords. Don't click on, you know, crazy websites, things like that. But really, they're going to. And trying to act like you're the IT security team from the 1990s that says, do not do this. Um, doesn't work. We know that that Mm -hmm. doesn't work. People are just going to end up feeling guilty whenever they do click on something. And that's actually where the ransomware people are taking advantage is, you know, somebody clicks on something, they go, oh, I clicked on it. And, you know, my niece always told me not to click on stuff. And now I feel bad that I clicked on it. And this person's asking me for money. Uh, Instead of admitting I did what I was told not to do, I'm just going to go ahead and pay the money. So making it not a shameful thing is number one, right? Right. That I did something stupid. I clicked on something. Somebody is saying that they, they have my pictures or whatever. What do I do? Okay. Getting that stigma away so that your family members feel comfortable saying that something went wrong is, is the most important thing. And then teaching them some data hygiene, right? Doing backups, um, looking at the documents that are really sensitive um think about like life insurance and things like that do those need to be on the same computer that you're you know playing video games on probably not right print it out stick it in a safe and delete it you know when in doubt you just remove it and and make it into a hard copy that you can physically protect and people have been doing you know fireproof safes for decades right we all we all know how that works they don't necessarily know how security on a computer works though but you remove it as well,
2: long as they don't store their ammunition in the same safe that they store their documents.
0: Yeah. Well, 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 that's, yeah. a, that's another issue. Sh- so let me ask you guys this. Question Maybe that's that. a
2: Texas thing. I don't know. That is <laughs>
0: a <Texas laughs> thing.
2: That's a Southern thing.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you guys this though, because I- I'm seeing we are pervasive with our devices. We need, we need to mm-hmm. have this thing always constantly. Right. And like, a, whether it's a PC laptop, whatever, wh- whatever mm-hmm. have you like, whatever. Um, i guess my question is is you know we've been talking about corporations businesses organizations having multi-layer you know security and all that i'm not seeing and maybe i'm not understanding what can the home user then what level of security do they have to buy like multiple different products as well is there a service out there you guys i have never thought about it until just now but now i'm thinking about it it's you know. It's the same mundane
1: tasks that we tell people in, in corporate IT. You know, whenever your phone says I, it needs to do an update, update it. Go through your apps on your phone and delete stuff that you no longer use. Um, you know, go through it and do those simple clinic cleanup tasks. And use the same
2: password in mm-hmm. in multiple places.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I change. I have different passwords for everything, right? But. There are people that say, oh, well, I'm just going to use the same password everywhere, and it's like, okay, well, you can have maybe a throwaway password for, hey, I'm going to get a free coupon or something like that. Okay, use that same, you know, password as your password or whatever for that. But have real passwords for your real stuff, for your bank accounts, for things like that, Um, and and teaching people that that's that's the keys to the kingdom, right, Uh, is really important. Teaching elderly and children not to trust people on the internet is something that that elderly people actually grasp a lot better than children. Children are very trusting, and and teenagers and you know twenty somethings have grown up with the phone sitting in their hand, going, "Yeah, sure, I'm going to go ahead and, and accept that agreement." I'd like to
0: think that's a, that's that's true, but maybe it's more social engineering than like a ransomware attack, or maybe they're just exposing themselves to something like, you know, a hacking attempt, etc. But uh, every single old person in my life, when I say old person, I say it with utmost respect every other person of a generation before me that better Mm -hmm. way of saying it your elders my elders uh they've all they've all been hit they've all paid every single fracking one that we've educated Mm -hmm. we've told them from the jump do not do this and they next thing i know i heard um yeah so we um we were told that our microsoft drivers or was out of date and so we just kind of let this guy handle it and we're like microsoft Mm -hmm. will never call you yeah. And next thing you know, there are out thousands. I mean, I'm talking thousands of dollars, you guys, which is why I'm, it's such a yeah. topic near yeah. and dear to my heart because we have educated them. And, and yet at the same time, I think you were right, um, Karen, when you said don't take the shame out of it because they were ashamed to tell us. When they realized Absolutely. that they got scammed, they did not want to tell us. And it was one of those things where we're like, well, we got scammed. Should we change our passwords? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. please change your passwords, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that's part of why it's such a good hack. Right. And why people keep doing it. Right. Because it's, you know, it's like robbing criminals. Right. Like, on the, if you remember that old show, The Wire, where they had, uh, what's his name, Omar on there, he only used to hit the drug dealers. And it was because they would never report, report him report to the it. police. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of it's, it's, that's an extreme example, you know, but you know, most people are, you know, they'll pay and try to keep it quiet. You know, they just want their stuff back.
1: And they don't realize you know, that by paying, though, you're not just paying that ransom. You're now on a list of people who are gold.
2: suckers. Oh yeah, yeah, they're gonna hit you twice. Yeah, they're you know you're you you're con- you're qualified. Your you're on the qualified they're,
1: list. You exactly. hey guys, and and you know the the people of senior generations they've they've seen all the scams, right? They've seen all the snake oil salesmen. They've seen all of these scams in the past, and whenever they do get hit. The reason that it's successful isn't necessarily that they are vulnerable or more vulnerable. It's that there's actually a higher number of people who are going after seniors than they're going after people of our age. You know, whenever it says, hey, update your car warranty, I hang up on them, right? There are seniors that go, oh, well, I do have an older car. Maybe that is a legitimate thing now, right? <laughs> a warranty they know. haven't paid for like the last 20 years, but suddenly they, they now have to update yeah, their warranty. Exactly. And they're like, well, you know, what is that, right? So we're in the know on the scams are going on because we talk about all the time we're around other people but you got to think that these are people that are socially isolated they may be living alone or you know not connected to people as much that are connected to what the scams are going on so um, I got a scam today in my inbox that was you know hey this this executive wants to connect with you uh, on LinkedIn and I'm like that doesn't look right so I go on LinkedIn and I look up the person's name and the person's name is not there like, that that person does not exist. I'm like, okay, that that was a scam. So, you know, legit, right? But I didn't click on it. Now yeah. it's because I know not to click on it, right? Well, I mean, it was really, con- you know, there's lots of really convincing things out there. But, you know, whenever you do do something wrong, you need to know who can I call. And only about 10% of people that are victims report it to the authorities.
0: I see, that's, that's That just makes me so mad.
2: Well, yeah, I, would, I would say... Reported- I would say I think, even more people don't have somebody like us to call and ask, right? Yeah, and they don't know who who to turn to. So, you know,
1: looking at the, the local police station, they actually do want to help you, right? They do have cybersecurity people that want to know what scams are running in their area. Karen, I live in an area with lots of seniors. so I, I
0: want to say yes, and I believe you on that, but I'm telling you right now, No, <laughs> no uh well no see so they,
2: yeah, they they want they, to help how they effective they help. are at helping oh I don't yeah. know no how effective they are at helping but yeah i mean what I mean, they will do is
1: they want to know what scams are going on i'm the pessimist to i'm gonna say it. it and they're, they're they're gonna send you on though to the right people
0: they're no, they're so, still strapped for resources no i'm gonna argue this one Sorry okay, guys. And I, and I and and I'm I, I want to I'm assuming we're all good people and the intentions there but the thing is we're so strapped for resources that I feel like no, there's not enough um expertise in cybersecurity which is I think plays into the fact that government needs to t- spend money to f- build out a cybersecurity, you know, agency that is for local, you know, local government, They're not going to do it. They're
2: not so going to do if- it. So
1: if you got somebody who is doing cybersecurity locally for my area it's going to be pulling from my talent pool your area your talent pool it's going to be very different people and you're going to have corporations fighting for those same talented people i think having a centralized security organizations right homeland security uh, fbi nsa all those other guys right they know what they're doing and your local police station knows your environment you call them up and go hey this is what happened they report it up right they're not necessarily going to be the ones that are fixing it. I agree with you 100% on that, Sia. But telling oh. the seniors to, you know, hey, you got scammed, call the police whenever you get scammed. That's actually a, a good first step. Or maybe call your but, local but FBI. To, to, to,
2: to be the counterpoint here, I mean, our, our government and the NSA, they don't really want to fix all the computer security problems Mm-mm. because they exploit those same computers. So there's kind of an, uh, a, a war of incentives, I'll call it. You know, it's like they use the same tools. They use the same zero days as as the criminals do. They just, they want to keep those tools in their toolkit. So they're going to say a lot of things, but I don't know that they're actually ever going to, you know, because I'm old enough that the first computer I used was made by IBM. You know, it was a big mainframe and that thing was rock solid. And then everybody switched over to this new thing called Unix, you know, because it was all new and cool and, you know, and it was also much buggier, <laughs> you know. And as a society, we seem to have made the choice of we don't want old and steady and solid and slow. We want all new and cool. We so want fast we, we, and buggy. Yeah. And we, we, we've gotten to the point where it's like software is no longer, you know, the, the, the software releases on those mainframes were glacial. I mean, mm. they took forever and ever. But those things were... Mm. If if the thing had its own problem, the mainframe would call IBM up, and then Mr. IBM repairman would come to your door and say like, "Oh, the box called us, and we're we're here to fix something." That doesn't right. happen anymore, you know. And we're now in this thing where it's like companies ship out buggy beta code software, you know, and they they have <laughs> yeah. these you know bug bounty programs and everything like that. But half the time, the government goes in and buys the bugs before they're even released, and then you know NDAs these people. Just so they can keep their toolkits running.
0: They buy the bug?
2: You can do this? Yeah, you can buy zero days. Who do you think buys most of the zero days? It's the government entities.
0: Oh, I guess that makes sense. That makes sense. I never thought about it.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you go to Stuxnet, right? Stuxnet was a unique combination of, I think, two or three. three you know, Because that's usually how you can tell a state actor does some of these things. Because they're expensive, right? People who know, they know the value of the zero days. So if you see an attack... Or some kind of you know thing going on where it has like three or four of these zero days, and they're multi millions of dollars or however many each. You know that somebody with very deep pockets, probably a government, did that. Because it's also once you use them a little bit, they're kind of they get fixed, and then you got to go get new ones.
1: And that goes to the point of whenever we're talking to people that are in the general community, they're never going to be able to secure everything. They are going to get hacked. They are going to have a vulnerability. They are going to have some type of a ransomware event happen in their lives. Teaching them how to do backups of you know the family pictures and, and not keep that critical information on their computer at all. Just print it out, stick it in a you know safe stuff like that, delete it.
2: Um, go go to Best Buy, buy yourself a nice big giant hard drive, and have a yeah. multiple, and or actually buy multiple hard drives. Exactly. And then put them in different places of like family pictures. Like yeah. I remember my sister, she had a, uh, she flipped out cause you know, her, her, laptop with all of my niece's pictures on it, you know, broke and mm-hmm. you know, I was able to, you know, disassemble the laptop and, and get the pictures back. Um, but that's not a normal thing, right? Like your chances, like uh, fries doesn't exist anymore, right? Like you can't bring your computer down to fries and have them, you know, their crack team of whatever, you know, yeah. fix your computer for you. Best in mean- peace fries.
1: That I've had external <laughs> USB, you know, external drives that died. So you're absolutely right. You know, you need to have multiple copies of it. So having a couple of drives, they're really cheap, you know, run out on Black Friday, those end up being on great sales uh, during Black Friday. And the, the size of these drives is massive. I mean, it's going to back up everything that you've got uh, to these systems and, Set it up as, you know, okay, I check my finances every six months to make sure I'm on target for, you know, staying in retirement. Okay, whenever you're doing that, go ahead and check. Then your backups of your, of your you know, current photos and things like that. You know, it, it's just a, a routine maintenance that needs to be done. Uh, but taking the shame out of it so that as soon as something does happen, instead of them paying the ransom, that they reach out and tell somebody about it. That goes a long way to them not being victimized in the future.
0: So let's just tie it all together in a pretty little bow because the reason why I was really excited to talk about, you know, how to protect our how to have a conversation with the fam bam, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, you guys are I should have realized you guys have unusual family and upbringings because you guys are both like <laughs> hello smart people. But um what I find and it's just like glaring at me over and over again while I'm listening to you guys talk, if you were just simply to apply it in a corporate environment, it's the same freaking process it's the same thing but greater mm-hmm. scale right it's mm-hmm. backup your stuff have backups like have off-site backups right that is like a hard drive for all intents and purposes a hard yeah. drive outside of your yeah. main computer to make sure your policies are all up to date the fact that you're updating when you're supposed to be updating um you know to ask for help right uh, reach out right and i'm not saying call the help out desk out. i'm not yeah call the help desk uh, you know or you know This is my little shout-out to help, you know, the vendors out there. But, yeah, there are solutions out there that could probably help you. If you have and you run a multi-billion-dollar network, uh, you know, sometimes your vendors will have that expertise because they've seen it repeated across, you know, multiple platforms, et cetera. So you're not, Mm -hmm. you know, the only, you know, bell of the ball, if you will, of a target, right? Um, What else is that we're talking about that like, totally applicable, which is why ransomware battlegrounds so matters because –
1: it's a smaller scale. So also look at simplifying technology. So as we age, our mental faculties degrade, right? I've got Alzheimer's and dementia in my family. I know that at some point in my future, I will be not of a cognitive ability to understand that somebody is scamming me and I will need to have, you know, a flip phone or something like that that doesn't have apps that I can't do anything else on. Right. I'm going to need to have somebody take some of that technology away to protect me right just like you would you know put the child safety locks on doors or something like that to make sure that somebody you know doesn't leave the house unknowingly in the middle of the night right whenever your your elders get to a point where cognitively they are starting to slip they're like you know what this is too confusing i I don't like this this is this is something i don't like great Don't try to push them to go get the newest tech and the one with all the bells and whistles and every app in the world. Be okay with simplifying, right? There's flip phones out there and the jitterbugs and stuff like that that are, they work just fine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And for elderly people, you know, my grandfather would go on walks and he would have a cell phone with no service on it, but he would charge the battery because you can always use 911 on any cell phone. So he would leave just regular cell phones that the only thing it could ever call was 911. And he'd drop it in his pocket and go for his walk and come on back and everything was great. You know, he didn't even have to have that phone. So he wasn't uh, lured into, you know, installing the apps and all of their stuff that, that go along with it. But don't be afraid of simplifying the world of saying, okay, you know what, this desktop is too confusing. Here are three icons. Great.
2: Or, uh, or, or here's the tablet. I bought you an iPad.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and these are good things because find out what your family members are trying to do if ebooks oh wait, Say that again, or, Karen. you to break them up.: Yeah, if, if your elders are just looking to like read an ebook, there's e-readers for that, right? Be okay with having multiple devices to do multiple items. Don't force them down this hey, it has to be this one mondo system that does everything for you.
0: I love it. I think that's great sound advice. And, hey, that also applies to businesses, too. Sometimes you don't need the super elaborate, you know, kludgy-type solution because it sounds cool and it has all the great buzzwords, right? And I think, you know, we, we like our happy, shiny gadgets, but sometimes simplicity is probably the best thing, especially in context of security and locking all that goodness down. So uh, final thoughts, guys. Um, Paul, what, what's that one big recommendation you would make for your family members that are extended, that are not as savvy as your your direct family members?
2: Um, multiple factor authentication. It's easy. You can do it on your phone now with Google, with, with anybody. <laughs> well, not anybody, but there's multiple ones out there. So you can have a computer generated uh, token on your phone for any of the accounts that can use it, especially the high value accounts.
1: Excellent. Karen? Mine would be to... Have separate passwords for everything that you've got and write it physically down. Don't put it into a password tool.
0: And you know what my recommendation is? Have them all hit you guys up on LinkedIn and Twitter and all that good stuff because heaven knows my advice is probably not exactly the most sound other than go ask someone that knows. So that's my advice is don't be ashamed. Go ask someone that knows. So... Everyone, thank you so much for your time on the Ransomware Battleground. I think we're gonna wrap this up, and hopefully, everyone's family is safe. So, peace out, everyone. Have a great evening, afternoon, and morning.